Have you noticed how different it is? All of a sudden, I'm seeing on television things talking about pride and having homosexual, lesbian, transgender, all types of sexual deviate parades occur. And I'm seeing on some of the channels that I watch a little emblem at the bottom corner of the TV telling about homosexual and lesbian pride, that it's a little flag, a rainbow-colored flag of bright colors, which apparently they have adopted as their flag. I'm seeing this little rainbow-shaped emblem on stations like Smithsonian Channel, Discovery Channel, and I don't know, it may be on several other channels. And another thing that happened in 2021, one of the NFL football players came out and proudly said, he was going to announce that he's homosexual. And he was smiling and so proud to make this announcement. He said he'd started to do it even before this time, but now is the time. And he was proudly declaring this. A little later that same day, I saw on NFL Channel NFL Total Access Program. I saw the female announcer proudly saying this man had announced this, giving his name, showing his picture, telling which team he was from, proudly saying this. This is all different. I thought of how much money this organization of homosexuals, lesbians, and transgender people, how much money they must be putting into Smithsonian Channel and Discovery Channel to get their emblem put in front of everyone the way it is currently being done. And to declare a whole month of pride where we are supposed to apparently approve them. And churches, even like one in Georgia, that came out saying they now welcome homosexuals and lesbians to their gathering, a Baptist church. And the Southern Baptist Convention put him out of the convention for saying this, but the Southern Baptist Convention just simply said it was against their tradition. They didn't give any scriptural basis whatsoever. I could see how weak the Southern Baptist Convention has gotten when they fail to quote scripture. For our benefit, we will read Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 28 to hopefully reestablish us with our anchor in the Bible and what it says. The Bible is the inspired word of God and shows us what God thinks about 
the situations of this present life. Romans chapter 1, start at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, are we supposed to get hostile and angry? No, no, don't do that. We are supposed to simply recognize that this increase before our eyes of homosexuals and lesbians and other sexual deviates shows us we are coming closer and closer to the time Jesus returns to gather his elect and closer to the time of the Great Tribulation and closer to the time of the end of this present world. So that's the only thing we should take note of. This shows us the approaching end of time. It's like in the winter when we start to see buds come on the trees. What do we know? We know spring and summer approach. When we see those leaves, Jesus says that's exactly what we watch for in the end times. It's the signs of the end times. And one of the signs of the end times, Jesus says, it will be like the days of Lot, which we read about in Genesis 19. And the days of Lot, God sent two angels to Sodom where Lot lived because the homosexual activity, the openness of the homosexual activities were before the face of all the people and the homosexuals came from, quote, every quarter of the city to try to have sex with the two men who were temporarily at Lot's house. These two men were really angels of God who had been sent by God to destroy Sodom because of the wickedness. We'll read about that in Genesis 19. Start at verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, 
Turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your way. And they said a lot, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Now Lot did not know these two men were angels. Lot knew the wickedness of the men of Sodom, of the homosexual, and he was trying to protect these two men who were really angels, who had been sent to destroy Sodom after they removed Lot from Sodom. So Lot pressed upon them greatly to get them to stay at his house, be under the protection of Lot. For Lot knew what these men were. So they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and they did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. Verse 4. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. For many years I've read this story of Genesis 19, and the one thing that has stood out to me in this story is that they came from every quarter of the city. It wasn't just a few men of homosexual wickedness. It was from every part of the city of Sodom, from every quarter. Verse 5, And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. That we may have sex with them, is what they're saying to Lot. And Lot knew this. Verse 6, And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after him, still trying to protect these two men. And Lot said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold now, I have two daughters, which have not, not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow, Lot, came in to sojourn, to live with them, and he will needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. They're telling Lot, we're going to do worse to you than we do to the two men that you bring out. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door of Lot's house. But the men who were really angels of God put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut the door. 
And these two angels smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Angels of God have great power. Now, they don't have wings, so they don't look like the pictures that we've done today of angels. They are just regular-looking men. You wouldn't know that they were angels unless you saw this unusual power that they have or unless God revealed to you that these are angels. Verse 12. And the men, the angels, said unto Lot, Hast there any besides your son-in-law and your sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. Verse 13. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And this is what it's going to be like at the end also. Because this rise in numbers of homosexuals, in the openness before our face, in the approval of man, even in the approval of the churches which are apostate. Nevertheless, it makes them look good and not evil. They don't look wicked to the society today. But we who are of God know the Bible. And the only thing that matters is what does the Bible say? What does God think about this subject? What does God think about adultery? What does God think about fornication? The world thinks it's fine to do these things. But they will bring judgment upon the world by the increase of these acts of sin and by the openness and by the approval of what they are doing. And the more you see this, the more you will know we are at the threshold of the return of Jesus. Now, how are we supposed to be? Well, we're not supposed to be out there protesting as they do, or having parades or trying to fight. Instead, this is knowledge for us. This is information for us to know that we're getting close to the return of Jesus. For this is just exactly like the leaf on the tree after the winter when it starts to bud. What do you know when you see that? You know spring draws near. It may snow a little bit more, but that Bud shows you we're near to spring, to summer, to the end of the winter. And these things are simply signs of information for us. But I can tell you, we are seeing very rapid movement in the approval of sexual deviation on this earth. Now, they have a bunch of letters that they call themselves 
I don't remember their letters, but there are about five types of letters. And it appears before our eyes everywhere. It simply should remind us we are nearing the return of Jesus and the judgment of God upon this earth. That's what it shows us. How are we supposed to live? Peter tells us, let's see how we're supposed to live. You're not supposed to be out there fighting these people. You don't even have to be angry with these people. It may be shocking. We certainly don't approve them. If anyone asks you, what do you think? You tell them what God thinks. Quote Romans chapter 1 to them. The end of the chapter, 26 through 28, telling them that in God's view, it's vile affections, because that's what he says in the Bible. You can tell them that you support God's view. Do you support homosexuals and lesbians? No, of course not. You support what God says. Can a homosexual or lesbian be saved? Absolutely. Can an adulteress be saved? Yes. What did Jesus say to the woman taken in adultery? Go and sin no more. She can't keep living as an adulteress after she has seen Jesus. She can't do that. And after you've had sin revealed to you, you can't continue in those sins. None of us would want to. None of us who are born again and changed by God would want to live the life we had before and do the sins that we did before. If anyone slips back into those sins, a very, very terrible fate awaits them. The apostle Peter said, it would have been better for them to have never known the way of truth than to turn from it. In Second Peter chapter 2, toward the end of the chapter, he says that. In the meantime, how do we live, the elect of God? We are told in Second Peter chapter 3 how we should be living. Start at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening, unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Now, how can we be in peace 
with all of this wickedness going on in the world and in the apostate churches, how can we be in peace? We can recognize that this is simply a sign of the end times. And as it increases, we're nearer to the return of Jesus and the end of the world. We're nearer to the elect of God being removed from this present earth, just like Lot was removed from Sodom before the destruction of Sodom. We're nearer to being removed as the wickedness increases. And secondly, we remain in peace, primarily through prayer. When a problem arises in our life and we turn to God for help and we say, oh, God, help me, that's how we connect with God. And to stay connected with God daily means we are worthy to escape that which is coming upon this earth. Therefore, Jesus says, watch and pray. That means watch yourself, what you're doing. If you hear something come out of your mouth that you're shocked by, it just simply means something went down in your heart, some evil. Therefore, you turn to God in prayer and say, Please create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Psalm 51, that was what David prayed. If something arises that shocks you or frightens you, instantly turn to God, connecting with God through prayer, and he will help you. We do that daily. We don't know what's going to happen tonight. If something happens tonight that shocks you and frightens you, Turn to God instantly in prayer. Help me. He will. That connects us with God. And that is why Jesus said, Watch and pray that ye may be accounted worthy to escape. Because it connects us to God. And that's our ticket out. Connecting with God. It is also peace for us. I'll just give you one example in closing. I'm 83 years old at this time. I had some very fearful thoughts come to me one day. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? And I said, oh God, help me. And I heard from the Holy Spirit, God will supply all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. God will supply all my need. So if it happens, don't worry. God's going to help you. See, that's where the peace comes. And it was just like when I was being oppressed with the thoughts, it was like something heavy pressing down on my shoulders. And the minute the Holy Spirit said, God will supply all your need, it was like the weight lifted off me and I was totally relaxed again. That's the kind of peace we have to live in constantly, or should say get to live in constantly, through God and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. 
Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.